Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I make this show for you, and I hope that you really enjoy it. I have a lot of people that ask me how they can support the show financially, and you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash preacherboys. You're going to get access to exclusive content, including early releases of episodes. I've got a couple episodes right now that have been released at least a month early over on Patreon. You've got access to things like unique merch, depending on what tier you join, and you get access to some behind-the-scenes content that I'm posting within the group. So head over to patreon.com slash preacherboys and become a member over there today. Every single supporter helps make this show a little bit more possible, especially as I continue to add additional episodes and content every single week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. Trigger warning. This podcast contains descriptions of various abusive situations. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to the Preacher Boys Podcast, a podcast shedding light on decades of mental, physical, and sexual abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. The testimonies shared on this podcast are told from the personal experience and perspective of the survivors. Not all legal outcomes are known or final. Any suspect is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. Now, here is your host, Eric Skwarzynski. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Preacher Boys podcast. Isami, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Thank you for having me. I'm glad yeah. to be here. Once a year. I know. <laughs> Once a year. Um, I, I said this on our last interview, but I'll say it again. You live in Vegas. I do. So I feel bad that we don't do more things. <laughs> you know, when you become a Vegas local, anything over 15 minutes yeah. is practically two hours away. So this this yeah. is understandable. It makes sense. Yeah. But I think we should do this more. I think And so. I think we should do more content because we cover a lot of the same topics we do yeah um i mean first and foremost your private life Mm -hmm. is also very public because (laughs) you're an influencer Mm -hmm. you're talking about your story your account is your name so like (laughs) i have the separation of Uh, i have my preacher boys bucket and then i've got my eric bucket and my film Mm -hmm. and you've kind of put it all under this umbrella like (laughs) how do you first and foremost kind of separate like your public versus private life I have this rule that's been really helpful. And number one, I never talk about anything that I'm currently going through unless I've expressed this to either a therapist yeah. or somehow have started working on that. That way I'm not jumping into a conversation from a place of anger or yeah. resentment or s- somewhere where I'm just not ready to talk. And then I also have um, what I call is the circle of five. Some people say that the five closest people to you are you're going to be that average of those five people. And while I do believe that, I usually take it a step further. And so what I say is I only have those five people where I tell them those very confidential details. And they are very selective people. Um, They have qualities about them that I wish I had. Um, One of them is my spiritual mentor. She's also a really good friend. Um, One of them is really great as having family relationships. Um, One's more career focused. And then there's a couple more that are like more financially driven. And so I have these people in my life where I can go to and they know the ins and outs of all the details. Um, And sometimes they are allowed to um, tell me to reel it back in and get my life together. But it's been really helpful to have that perspective um, where they're watching all of my blind spots for me. And I just feel really encouraged every time I talk to each one of them. 
Yeah. yeah. That's that's helpful. Because like one of the things I struggle with is, I mean, the last, and I'm sure you relate, like the last mm-hmm. several years has been a lot of turnover with <laughs> friendships, relationships, yeah. like, um, you know, and I find myself in a position where, you know, when it comes to leaders, especially, I have a hard time mm-hmm. picking like who speaks into what. Mm-hmm. So I guess like, you know, in a lot of ways, we can go from one bad thing to another, yeah. or go from one cult to another, mm-hmm. one high control group to another, one abuser to another. And like mm-hmm. that cycle happens. Yeah. How do you go about vetting that circle of five? Because I'm mm-hmm. I'm at the precipice right now of going, mm-hmm. I need to start building some of yes. those friendships up again yeah. with new people. Yeah. But the thought of that is like. It's terrifying. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I watch people very closely before I ever let them into my life anyway. Almost too much, um, but I'm, I watch them. I watch how they interact, not just with me, but other people. How do they mm-hmm. treat their kids? How do they treat their family? How do they treat their coworkers? Um, are they gossiping about people when I'm with them? If that's the case, that's a big red flag. I'm not yeah. going to tell you anything about my life. Um, so I watch these people very closely. And usually it's over time where I'm like, you know what? I think I can trust this person mm-hmm. with this detail. And it's a mutual trust, you know? Um, and it's not like I go around like looking like you will be my next person, yeah, right. my fifth person, you know, it just kind of happens naturally. And I really struggle with making friends to begin with. Um, and so that's that's really helped me to like open my worldview too as yeah. well. Yeah. No, I feel that way for sure. It's in, And there's all the layers too, I think mm-hmm. of, you know, with having a public platform, I think you have a larger public platform than I do. Like, oh, it's, I haven't. Uh, you know, you look at your followers. Nah. No, but, but I think it is one of those things too, where like, I have a lot of people that come into my inbox who know mm-hmm. me for that, who it's a weird thing where yeah. people feel like they know me a lot, which they probably do, but I don't know them. <laughs> so yeah. like, there's an imbalance there yeah. of like, Oh, they already know everything about me. Right. Now I have to build this relationship. Oof. Yeah, that can be tough. Um, I will say none of the people that I am speaking about with the circle of five people, none of them are from social media. None of gotcha. them. These are people I've met in real life. And my hopes is that if someone met me online and then say we ran into each other at a coffee shop, they would be meeting the same person. I literally said yeah. somebody today. I was oh. on the phone with somebody. Oh. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you sound exactly like how you sound on the podcast. As like, we should, right? Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's yeah. kind of exactly yeah. the point is like, if you meet Eric anywhere, yeah. it's Eric, not yeah. Eric Dateline Eric trying to be on a podcast, you know? <laughs> yeah. But so kind of talking about the advocacy side, mm-hmm. like, um, are there things that you don't talk about? Like beyond things you've gone through, like, is there things that you don't talk about just ever? And you don't have to say what they are because that defeats the purpose. But like, <laughs> do you keep some things about you that nobody knows that you're like, that's just for me? Like this interest or this hobby is like purely offline. Not necessarily hobbies. Um, I, I feel like sometimes I don't realize that I'm not sharing things. Like most people have no idea that I'm obsessed with like story type video games. Like okay. they have no idea. Um, For example, the Life is Strange series, I could probably replay that a hundred times. I'm obsessed with that. And Animal Crossing. Those aren't things that I talk about. Um yeah. But it's not necessarily because I'm trying to keep that. It's just because I I just don't. And I haven't found a way to bring that in. Right. Um, but I feel like there, 
there might be a few things that I haven't talked about, but I feel like they will be things I will eventually talk about. Right. So nothing that I think I'll keep to my grave or anything. Um, <laughs> no deep dark sec- secrets like that. Um, but yeah, I I never talk about video games ever. <laughs> that would be such an easy transition to like do streaming or to talk yeah. about stuff that you talk about mm. in that kind of format. I but, would love to do that. I just yeah. haven't figured out how. Um, so yeah. Well, I was telling you before we hit record, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I have all these different buckets of stuff where it's Mm -hmm. like, I have like my preacher boys bucket, which Mm -hmm. is like the trauma bucket I go into Mm -hmm. when I have to do the show. And then I have like my film bucket, which is Mm -hmm. like where I want to spend all my time. And then I have like all, you know, and that's like my personal kind of world. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but like yours is so much tied to like your name, you know? And I feel like I kind of been wanting to shift more into like, Here's me, all encompassing, yeah. but then it's also like scary. Yeah, yeah. it's a very weird, yeah. weird world to go into. Yeah. Um. So we talked last time we were on the show, and we mm-hmm. talked about the fake missionary thing. <laughs> people, people who are listening <laughs> yeah. can go back and hear kind of the full mm-hmm. breakdown of that. Yeah. But a lot of people have questioned. I, mm-hmm. I've seen in your comments, and mm-hmm. then in the v- comments of the video, yeah, and on social media, like, how big is this fake missionary crisis? Was your family a one-off? And based on conversations I've had with you, I feel like it's more widespread than, you know. So um, video games are fun. Yeah, they are great. Um, yeah. Um, I can only speak from my perspective. Mm-hmm. So before anyone comes for me, you can speak from yours and you don't have to agree with me. Let me just put that out there. But from what I have personally seen, I would say about 75 to 80% of them that I have met have been people I will never, ever, ever want to support or work with. Um, And that's just my personal experience, but you have to also take into account what circle I grew up in. Right. Um, And so I'm not um, knocking the people out there. There, there, I forget what his name is. There is a, um, he's a social media guy that I follow. Um, I forget what his name. He's not with a mission board. He's just independently on his own, but he does consider himself a missionary and he like preaches and talks to people. But his thing is he'll go out and like build homes for people. Um, like he has a GoFundMe or a, um, Patreon and people can send things there and he actually hires local people. They'll build houses. They'll, um, if people are doing like local businesses, like a, a cart where they're selling things out, they'll get him a new truck. Like he's actually putting in the work and you can tell that. Um, and so when I see that, it gives me hope. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? There are people doing their job out there. Um, and then there's medical missionaries, you know? So, I, I can't say a hundred percent that they're all like that because because they're not. Yeah. Um but I I would say for me, I've seen more on the majority side of people being closer to my right. parents. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was talking to a pastor this morning yeah. for like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Super mm-hmm. I mean he's IFB yeah. pastor, yeah. but also very much outside of the the IFB proper. Mm-hmm. Like he's very independent where okay. he's like I don't care about speaking in chapels at a college. I don't care about getting to endorse a book that someone wrote. Like he's very much like I'm King James only and all these things for myself. And that's Mm. just because of how I feel. Mm. I don't care about the respect. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, great. You know, (laughs) Um, and against abuse and all. And I'm like, 
that's a very low bar that I want mm-hmm. people to meet mm-hmm. and we're good. Yeah. Um, but it is one of those things that I've noticed is like, cause I was telling him, I was like, I think the people that are in that IFB proper mm-hmm. or in that <laughs> network, that boys network, mm-hmm. um, I do think that is like the culty world it where is. I think, cause he mentioned broad brushing and I, cause I was asking, I was like, how can I communicate with guys like you uh, and bring more people like you to be vocal yeah. while also not going soft on the guys that need yeah. to be talked about. And he mentioned broad brushing. And I just mm-hmm. said, I was like, I'm not talking about you. Yeah. I'm talking about like the IFB, mm-hmm. like that umbrella network. Same with the missionaries. Yeah. Like there are good people, I think that yeah. do good work. You know, mm-hmm. missions as a concept is a long conversation, but I think it's like when you start getting into the networks of people, it starts mm-hmm. getting like, yeah, your circle's going to have 70, 80% yeah. that are really bad. Yeah. And then like 20% that are just happen to be there yeah. that are like For doing sure. their best. And then slowly, usually those people, I'm like, you'll be out in 10 years, yeah, <laughs> you know? <yeah. laughs> um, so it's a, it's a messy, it's a messy world. And I'm curious on that note, like. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty optimistic person. Yeah. I think you're optimistic in our conversations. Mm, I'm a realist. Okay. I'm a realist. So you're not you're not cynical. No. But you okay. Because I can go either way very quickly. And gotcha. I have to keep myself centered. Yeah. So I would say I'm optimistic okay. generally. Good. I struggle with cynicism sometimes, mm-hmm. especially with I would say Christians or evangelicals, yeah. just because of the conversations. And I told the that pastor today, I said, yeah. I've had five to 10 of these calls where pastors mm-hmm. reach out with positive conversations that are mm-hmm. constructive. Aww. I've had a lot that aren't good. Yeah. So do you struggle with cynicism dealing with ministry leaders and pastors specifically oh, yeah. after the course of what you've done? A hundred percent. You know, I, I've been at my current church for a while and I, I appreciate the way that they have run accountability and um, really vet their people. and But even at that, I'm careful with who I'm speaking with. Um, just because someone was vetted and is a good person. I mean, you see this with schools all the time. Right. It's like, oh, they were the best coach I ever had. Turns out they were doing all this right. stuff on the side. You know, so just because someone is vetted and is a good person to everyone else doesn't necessarily mean I will immediately trust them. Right. But at the same time, I feel like the place that I'm at has allowed me to see hope. Um, whereas before I would have just dimis- dismissed everyone that said to me they were a church leader. I'd be like, sure. You like, know. how could you mm-hmm. with everything we know? Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Okay. I was curious about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, so you shared recently you were baptized. I was. Yeah. Which pe- everyone was happy for you. No, <laughs> um, no. No. You had mixed reactions. You had people that were happy and you had a lot of people that I yeah. think, especially given the audience you built. And I struggle with this too. Yeah. It's easy to just build another camp of people that are mm-hmm. like just the opposite of what you were in. Yeah. And. Um, you know, I'm in a place now, I don't know what my faith outlook is. Um, I'd say maybe that's an area I'm a little bit cynical. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, mm-hmm. you grew up in a very toxic religious oh. environment. Now you're embracing kind of a spiritual path. Mm-hmm. What does Christianity or religion mm-hmm. look like for you now versus then? Yeah. Probably drastically different, I guess. <laughs> very, very different. And you know, at first, I just want to say I I understand why people's knee jerk reaction was to be like, "Oh my gosh, she's pushing pushing Traitor. her religion! <laughs> yeah, she's pushing her religion on us! Oh my god!" Um, I actually had some people uh, compare me to Hitler in the comment section. It was uh, wow. very interesting. Um, 
and I lost about 3,000 followers Wow! from that video and some other things too. I had gone out and supported a, a pride parade for national suicide prevention. And so there were two sides That's of this such coin. such a funny thing. Yeah, of extremes. To have, and, yeah. Because I'm sure that was two totally different audiences. That very were different. Yeah. And they were both very angry and it happened in the same week. So um, I was like, well, you know what? I can only be me. That's all mm-hmm. I can be right now. But uh, I feel like it's um, an ever-growing, ever-learning process. The faith that I grew up with, it was either or. It was black and white, and that's it. Um, It's them and us. And the only time you talk to them is for them to become us. And if they don't become us, they stay a them. Like It's just like so many walls. And I feel like the faith that I know now is very fluid. Um, I might believe something today. Mm -hmm. And if I study and learn something tomorrow... I might realize that I was wrong yesterday. Sure. And I have to be willing to sit there and be okay with that. Because if I'm not, how in the world am I going to grow? How in the world am I going to, you know, fulfill what I believe is my calling on earth? To love people, to show what Jesus is about, at least from my perspective, is to love one another and love your neighbor as yourself. Like, how can I do that if I am so dogmatic in my ways and am like, this is wrong, this has to be, I mean, abuse, obviously, I will never change my stance on that, but what what kind of person would I be? What kind of person of faith would mm-hmm. I be if I said that was that was it and never studied, never learned, never grew? I think I would just be a religious nut like I always was back in the day, you know, and that really creates a toxicity mindset where you can't accept other people. You can't love other people because you just assume you're always right, you know? And so it's, it's humbling sometimes uh, realizing that I'm wrong, uh, that I'm wrong about a lot of things. Um, But I feel like it's really even brought me confidence as a person. So yeah, it's been, it's been great. Has it been hard being in a religious community because mm. I have to imagine there was a period <laughs> where you weren't within a church necessarily or has it been kind of nonstop in some capacity attending some capacity I, I will say last year I went through a lot of things and towards the end of last year into the spring I was actually working at a church and I was triggered every single day. Oh, and you left that job for I that did. reason. Yeah. I did. Um, and it's not necessarily because anyone treated me poorly. It was because I would be sitting at my desk. I was in social media and I would hear like during Christmas, there would be Christmas songs going off and I'd be in there like with headphones on, like trying not to listen to these hymns being played. They mostly play contemporary, but um, during the holidays, it's more mm-hmm. traditional. So that triggered me. And then, you know, Easter was coming up and I'm like, there's all these families together at church and that triggered me. Yeah, and I'm like, right. you know, these are supposed to be positive things. Yeah. Um, and I just couldn't do it. And can be for many people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they you can have to be. make a choice for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So my mental health was at a very low point. And if I'm being very honest with myself, and this is the part where I have to acknowledge my responsibility, I came to work every single day just white knuckled and Hmm. frustrated and very, I came from corporate. So like I expected things to be like corporate. I expected things to run in a certain order. Whereas the team that I was with was more concerned about how are these people doing? And I was sitting there, you need to get work done. Hmm. Um, And so two different 
mindsets. And, you know, as with any nonprofit there, it's very different with um, the corporate structure. You know, you don't have the trainings, you don't have the LinkedIn learnings, all that stuff. Um, but I was setting heavy expectations on people that were unrealistic. Right. And even on myself, no one had asked me to do any of the stuff that I was obsessing over. Yeah. And so I ended up in a place where I just couldn't continue. Um, but I'm really grateful because my former boss is still one of my really good friends. Yeah. And actually his fiance is someone I would consider one of my circle of five. Okay. So, um, you know, we left on difficult terms. Um, but the reason I left was because they were concerned for me. And I can genuinely see that. Um, I was making a call to my therapist, um, actually um, speaking with my manager because I had expressed some things that I was thinking of, just passing thoughts, and he was really concerned for me. So he asked me to call my therapist and we kind of made a structured plan to move forward what was best for me from there. And that's when I realized I needed to leave. Yeah. Um, took me a while to go back to church because I was really embarrassed. Um, but uh, I would I would consider that my church home now. And that's actually where I got baptized recently. Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah. I was curious about that too because I know yeah. that's something for me that's been like a super raw spot is yeah. like the – and I think a lot of it's because of reactions to the show has yeah. been <laughs> – angry christians you know and and covering mm. stories that are like the worst of the worst so like there's again i have to pull myself out and go like i have a spotlight on these stories yeah not everybody is part of these stories right you and know it's it's a weird balance. It, it can be but i feel like there really needs to be a call out yeah. of this stuff and i feel like the people that should be doing it are the people in the church but why aren't they doing it oh because no. they know who is doing it you know and i that really upsets me mm -hmm. um or they get offended um because they're like oh you, you think all oh, christians like they take it personally and it's like they feel like you're attacking them and, and you're not you know oh. you're you're speaking out about things that really do happen and i think it's this almost like identity mindset that yeah. I am the church. Like it's I, the brand. Yeah. It's very corporate. Yeah. yeah. Culty even. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like because I am belonging to this, you know, I don't know, next generation denomination, whatever Baptist down the road church, because I am part of that, if you speak anything against that, you are speaking against me is how most people yeah. react. Um but it, you know, we don't grow that way. Yeah. We don't keep people safe that way. Well, it's funny yeah. too, because people comment stuff like that. My church isn't like that, mm -hmm. or I'm not like that. I'm like, then it's not about you. Yeah. And, and in <laughs> which case I'm like, it can be about you if yeah. you're not, if you're if you're not, not saying watching. anything. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I had a funny experience. So like I was sending you like talking points last night yeah, yeah. and I was literally walking through, I'm not going to name where I live. <laughs> I was walking through this area <laughs> mm. And it's where I always walk through when I'm just winding down. Yeah. And I had two people stop me and they look like solar panel salesmen. I was like, oh my whatever, cool. And I was like, whatever, I'll talk and be nice. And they're like, hey, what's up? And I was like, yeah. hey, nothing much. Like, oh, we're from such and such theological yeah. institute. We've got. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And it's one of those things where I was like, you feel good. Yeah. And then you're like, yes. And I was like flush and was like, I'm not ready for this conversation no. right now. And I was just like, I'm not interested at all, which I'm a people pleaser. So yeah. like. I'm not confrontational. So yeah, I was yeah. like, squeeze those words out. And then he instantly yeah. was like, 
but we just want to tell you. And it started going on this other thing. He's like, yeah. about when you die. And, geez, oh and I was like, like, dude, I'm not ready. It was like no, 30 at night. Right too. I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to go get coffee. Okay. Yeah, like, this is not no. it. But it was one of those things where I got back mm-hmm. and I was telling my wife, I was like, you think you're like past something and then something happens and you instantly feel that like fight or flight where you just, like, yeah. your whole body's like on fire and you're like, mm-hmm. I just want to get out of here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a, that actually tricky. reminded me of something. Do you know Andrew Pledger? Yeah. 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 Okay. So he um, helps manage a podcast about cults as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was funny because I was on that podcast and while we were recording, it was over zoom or something like that somebody came and knocked on my door and it was somebody from a baptist church so i had to stop the show with her and thankfully it wasn't live or anything but we had to like cut for like five minutes and wait for them to leave because they kept ringing my doorbell and then we went back to the show but just reminded me of that (laughs) i was supposed to go on there i was supposed to go on last week oh really yeah on indoctrination Mm -hmm. yeah i was supposed to go on and then um i think i rescheduled and i'm like checking my calendar oh um but yeah, I was supposed to go on there and then mm-hmm. completely lost my voice, which was ironic oh, no. as an advocate. Did you have COVID? No. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. No, I um no, I I I got sick and then I just literally my voice was gone. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of like celebrities I follow were like canceling shows for losing their voice. And I was like, whatever it is. Conspiracy, conspiracy. Yeah, whatever it is, <laughs> I got it. But um all good now. It's all good. Good. Um I guess my next question would just be as far as what we do. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people that go mm-hmm. like somebody. Yeah, I have I have people reach out to me all the time. I've had a couple of calls in the last yeah. couple of days where people go, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. I want to share more. I want to, um, you know, I have a story. I, I want to mm-hmm. share it. And then I'll, I'll spend time talking to some people and it's like, mm-hmm. they're not, and, and let me give full clarity before yeah. someone runs off. They're not cut out to do ad- public advocacy work. And I don't mean that because they couldn't handle it. I'm saying mm. like they just don't have the personality yeah. to want to be public. Like okay. I'll talk to people who are like, mm. I think I need to start a show or I need yeah. to do a YouTube or I need to yeah. do this. And then you start talking and yeah. they're like, I'm really introverted. I hate people. I don't like people knowing about my business. I'm like, just tell your friends and have that be your bubble, you know? So like. How do people know when they're ready to start talking publicly about these topics? Um, you know, and I don't want to tell anybody whether they should or shouldn't because yeah, yeah. it's their choice. Right. But I think some people see that people do it mm. and they admire it or they like it, mm. but and they think that's the only other option. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let me have a huge Instagram or mm. nothing at all. You know, oh, that all or nothing mindset Oof, that will ruin people. And right. It, that's something I'm trying to get out of. Um, but I hear what you're saying. You know, there are people who, um, some people call it the gift of gab. You know, I'm very extroverted. I can talk your ear off nonstop. It's just what I do. Um, but I've also had years and years and years of experience public speaking and broadcasting classes and acting classes and like all that stuff. So like, um, this is this is something that I enjoy. Um, and I hope I never stop doing. Hmm. But if you don't have that passion where you can say that and you're like, I, I hope this is a part of my life forever, then it might not be the avenue. Yep. But here's the thing. Like, I feel like people limit themselves. For example, I cannot dance at all. Okay. Um, I can try. I've taken a few classes and maybe I'll try again. But is that what I think about 24-7? No. 
There are people who can do interpretive dance with mm-hmm. all of their emotions and feelings, and I know exactly what they're talking about. I don't have that yeah. gift. I don't. You can put all your emotion into it. But it's, but gonna it's gonna be like, like yeah. And yeah, it's, it's right. gonna look like me and Napoleon Dynamite mm-hmm. is basically what it's gonna look like. But some people I have... will watch that by the way. <laughs> if you do that performance, I'm there. <laughs> It'll be a Patreon, I'll charge people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I've seen people do that or even art. Yeah. You know, where like they paint things and like you can feel that emotion through that painting or they write mm-hmm. and they write something and you're just like, I'm right. I can I can feel that I'm sitting in this room where you are expressing how everything happened and I, mm-hmm. I can see it because you're so descriptive. That's a gift. Um, or maybe, you know, it's it's something you create. I, I don't know. Maybe you can express with like Legos, which sounds sounds insane. But like, have you seen some of these things people yeah. build like? I can't build the Empire State Building with Legos, but I know exactly what it is when I see it. That's a gift, you know? And I think um, people will look at people online and be like, that's the only gift I can have. Yep. And it's not true. <laughs> and they shortchange themselves. They limit themselves. Yeah. And they don't realize that that's already within them. And like you were saying, like, it's okay to even stay in your bubble. Yeah. Because some people don't want to hear from an influencer. And I'm not going to be offended by that. There are people that do not want to see... Hi. <laughs> there are people that don't want to see this face and don't want to hear what I have to say because they don't know me and that's okay. Yeah. But people know you. And when you have something to say, you have people that will listen right. and you are exactly where you need to be to yeah. say those things. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, um, I gave a talk like two years ago. I was like yeah. called pass the mic. And it was basically like, my whole point was yeah. you can get to a spot where like you're an advocate for the one person, you know, mm-hmm. nobody knows who you are, but you're a support system for yeah. them. Yeah. And then you can also be like what I do or what yeah. you do, where it's like, I'm using my platform to talk mm-hmm. about other stories yeah. or to give a voice to people, yeah. you know, like that's a big scale. But again, yeah. I enjoy content creation. Mm-hmm. I enjoy podcasting. I enjoy yeah. storytelling. I enjoy video. Yeah, A lot of people don't, you no. know, and I don't enjoy, I say that, but I'm limiting myself. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that nervous about stepping into mm-hmm. that I also think I will enjoy okay. that are, yeah. you know, like writing and like there's, nice. you know, wink, yeah. wink. There's a couple <laughs> of things that I want to start working on that yeah. I think would be good. Public speaking is something mm-hmm. that's been on my list forever because yeah. that's something that I really enjoyed in the IFB uh, and I really enjoyed getting to yeah. speak and motivate people, encourage right. people to do different things maybe mm-hmm. now than what it was then. But it's like, that's a gift I think I had yeah. that I'm like trying to reclaim mm, in a lot of ways so you should as you know you so it's it's a it's a tricky thing but i guess yeah. it's it's good for people to know like it's not the mm, only path like no. i couldn't do what you do mm, you know like i, I mentioned do what you do you do reels and i'm like uh, what is that <laughs> i cringe thinking about myself doing yeah them. i cringe when i make them so, so don't worry <laughs> um but it's like one of those things though where it's Everybody has to find their own path of what they're going to do, which yeah. I think is important. Um, for you moving forward, yeah. this has been a tumultuous year. Okay. <laughs> for you moving forward, where do you see yourself in like five years as far as like, I guess, who you are going to be, but who like who people can expect to see or what your goal is? Like, if you could get one message out over the next five years, what would you want it to be? No pressure. Like the dreaded question. Mm. If you asked me, I would go. I, don't know. <laughs> I would love to have a book completed, like a. a me too. Like, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, w- I would love to have that completed. I I started and then I stopped and then I started and on like, this topic. Yeah. Okay. And this topic, or just like a personal story kind of thing. Um, I would also love to be more involved in YouTube. 
um, with longer form content. Right now, everything's more short form. Yeah. Um, and not just about trauma either, you know, more of like what things look like on a day to day. I think a lot of people forget that survivors have a current life. Yeah. Like, well, we, just the label. Yeah. It's like you are a survivor. It's like, it's like I'm also yeah. a gamer and yeah. I also do this and I also. <laughs> Whatever. I buy groceries too. You know, like I also get frustrated in traffic. Like we all have things that are human and like just because someone is a survivor doesn't mean they do don't do all the normal things. Like if you saw someone say in like Target or something, if you're looking around, I think it's like what eight out of 10 people or nine out of 10 people or women have experienced sexual violence in some way, at least one of those people you're seeing is a survivor, but they're living the same way you are. And I think people forget that. And they put this like really heavy, almost like a pressure on survivors or like, you are strong, like you are, you are all these things. Like, I'm just so impressed by you. And like, well, I'm honored to hear that someone would say that. And I, I think that's very kind of them. And I know where their heart's coming from. At the same time, I don't see myself that way. I'm mm-hmm. the same as everybody else. I just have a different skill set than someone right. else, you know, who can dance and not me like dancing like Napoleon Dynamite. Um, but yeah, I, I think people kind of forget that, you yeah. know? I'm going to get you back into today's episode in just a moment. But first, I want to thank the sponsor that is making today's episode possible. And that sponsor is Factor. Factor creates no prep, no mess meals. You can meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, no matter how many podcasts you're recording, going up and down the stairs, trying to take meetings, whatever you're doing, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. And I can say this from experience. They were kind enough to send me a couple of meals for this week. And I enjoyed one just shortly before reading this ad. And it is amazing. And with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. You can make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert and stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. And these aren't meals that skimp on quality either. You've got things like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon, and so much more. So if you want to try it, go head over to factormeals.com slash preacherboys50 and use code preacherboys50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code preacherboys50 at factormeals.com slash preacherboys50. 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Go check out Factor and now check out the rest of this episode. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But, oh, to answer your question, yeah, definitely a book. Longer form content. Hmm. I also have like financial and like educational goals too. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very cool. 
Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about that like mm-hmm. a lot lately. It's just like, because I, I think that set a piece too. And it, you started doing this in mm-hmm. 20... Oof. I know you first shared your story in 2016. 17, 17. Yeah, yeah. Close enough. Yeah. Just give me 16. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, um, I pulled that just out of my brain. But it was, uh, it was. I know that that kind of story came out. Mm-hmm. And then like, how long have you been actually like actively yeah. kind of sharing? So content creation wise, I started in 2012. So it's been 11 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then even before then, it wasn't consistent, but I made things here and there. Yeah. Um, in 2011, I first shared about my anorexic past, um, but I didn't really go into detail with abuse or anything like that. And then in 2017, I shared a little bit about the abuse in my home, some things that had happened. I was still very much gaslighting myself, um, but it came out as a blog because I didn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. speaking about it right. yet. And then 2020, the pandemic hit and I got very bored. And so I started TikTok um and i was just making videos about mental health really and then i would talk about how there was just so much combativeness within religious organizations with people speaking about up about their mental health and you know that it was okay to have have your faith in those things and then slowly i started feeling more comfortable yeah. actually bringing myself into these because before i was speaking from like a third person sure. perspective and then i think to end of 2021 was when I finally like openly said mm. it was human trafficking because I I didn't want to think that yeah even though I knew it was that and it took me a while to get there and yeah. so um since then it's been mostly about that yeah mostly yeah yeah no I've I started the show in 2020 mm. end of 2019 is when I said okay. I'm gonna do something yeah. and then 2020 it <laughs> became what it is now yeah. but it, I find that it's easy to get lost in Mm. the weeds of your own creation where it's like, um, and I've really been sitting down the last Mm. like couple weeks, Mm. just really, I've been writing a lot, just stuff that probably will never go anywhere just to Mm. myself. But it's like, what's my goal? Like, what do I want to be talking about? If I'm on a stage in 30 years talking, Mm. what's the thing I'm talking about? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, cause I think I'll always talk about this stuff, but um, one of the big pieces for me mm-hmm. has been I'm really passionate about mm. making people think. Yeah. Because um and I was really upset because I had a book idea. Oh. And I might still I might still Did someone steal your idea? Way. No. So I <laughs> I had a great title okay. and I, I was gonna title Ooh. and I'm gonna bleep the name. It's <laughs> but one of the things that um I've just become really passionate about that topic of like, and I see it because people leave high control groups Mm. and then they are reactionary and just follow something else Mm -hmm. without thinking, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I noticed that like when I was sharing about Mm. not knowing where I'm at my faith journey, I had people that were just like, great, you don't need that. And then it's like, you go into their pool Mm. and you're like, you guys don't know why you're where you're at. Mm. Aside from the fact that something bad happened. Yeah. And I think I think there's a lot of people yeah. in that it's like being in space. It's like yeah. there's no gravity. So mm. it's literally I think when you're in fundamentalism, yeah. you have such a strong gravitational pull that's yeah. keeping your feet on the ground to this yeah. one topic. Yeah. And I think you need to loosen that a little mm-hmm. bit. But on the flip side, you can't just float aimlessly. Mm. And I think 
that is the root of a lot of depression mm-hmm. and anxiety and mm-hmm. stress within that is yeah. that you're leaving the black and white world. Yeah. And now you don't know how to operate in a gray right. world, which yeah. maybe that's a maybe there's a book in there too. Actually, I think you were <clears throat> the one that said this where you said that sometimes people will leave Christian fundamentalism and just will yeah. switch it over to a, you're a default they, fundamentalist. Yeah, fundamentalist you know? to like having non-religion or, or whatever religion it just goes somewhere right. else yeah well i read um i read dawkins book mm. um when i was in the transition from like fundamentalist christianity to just mm. christianity mm-hmm. and i was reading his book and i was like richard dawkins reads like a fundamentalist preacher yeah he's just preaching a different mm-hmm. a language, doctrine yeah. you know yeah, yeah. And the way he demeans everybody mm-hmm. who doesn't agree and the way that yeah. there's these very set yeah. positions, which is why I found myself more drawn to like uh, Christopher Hitchens, uh, who mm-hmm. is a lot more yeah. engaging, he'll have conversations, yeah. he respects people in that sphere, yeah. you know, and I don't agree with everything he says either, but right. it's like, I just can't operate in that black and white. Yeah. Default fundamentalism is yeah. that. And I, I think no matter what you believe, like no two people are going to agree on everything. And I think that might be where a lot of times um, that fundamentalist mindset group of people are terrified of that. And so if we don't agree on everything, well, we can't be friends anymore. So I can't think for myself because then I won't agree with you on something. You'll drown me if we're, you know, if we're different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, that's something too. Mm -hmm. That's funny. I didn't expect to talk about this. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) But but, um, that's okay. Uh, But, um, that's the funny thing when I hear pastors talk about, because I was listening mm. to someone's critique of me and I was a oh. pastor saying oh. deconstruction is not necessarily bad mm. depending where you end up. And I was thinking about the sentence mm. and, I, and I've heard a lot of Christians say that and I get what they're saying, which is as long as you end up at the truth in mm. their mind, it's this and I can respect mm. that that's what they think. Yeah. But on the flip side, I was like, I don't know that at any, especially at 28, mm. but I don't know that at any stage of life I want to mm. say I've ended up here. Oh no. Because I feel like you should yeah. constantly be figuring out yeah. where you're at and For what sure. this is. And um, I don't know. I just that's something that's just weighed on me a lot yeah. is like people do not have the ability to think mm. for themselves. They have to have a figurehead telling them. And it freaks me out with my own audience because I'm like, don't take don't. everything I say. Like, don't listen to this podcast and go. Here's my curriculum yeah. for the week, you know. No. And oh, the Sunday school materials, right? Yeah, yep. Right. Here's the, the notes. Flannel yeah. graph Jesus, eh? Well, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That's just been on my mind. But yeah, book is definitely something that's been on the trajectory. So we'll see who wins and gets their self. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh, steal your title. I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. Count. No. <laughs> it's recorded now. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, I'm, I'm going to ask this one last question. Yeah. Um, because you've done a lot of like press, you've done interviews, you've yeah. done things like that. Yeah. Um, and I've been asking people more and more because mm-hmm. I think it's important. What's the biggest mistake that reporters, journalists, podcasters <laughs> make when interviewing survivors? Because oh, um, there's a commercial side of mm-hmm. it. They do need the clicks mm-hmm. or the views or the downloads. Mm-hmm. But also I feel like sometimes they can lead with the most lurid part of the story yeah. to get the clicks. Yeah. And I think that's something I never wanted to do. Yeah. Like, I don't use buzzwords in my titles. I think would like I think if I used yeah youth pastor rapes student mm. in my title, mm. I know you those get episodes get views. way more views yeah. than survivor thrives after yeah. this, you yeah. know. And it's just the way it's the world psyche. works. It's the it's true the crime psyche. kind of attraction. Yeah. But I just know the survivors I'm interviewing too well to do that. So um what do you think is the biggest mistake that 
people make. Yeah. So the human brain is definitely more drawn towards negative than positive. Mm -hmm. And so that's why any news outlet you see always starts with negative, always. Um, when was the last time you saw, you know, something on your feed from a news outlet that was talking about how the rare type of dog was able to have puppies and like, you're not going to hear no. that because nobody cares. Um, not only does nobody care, it doesn't reel anybody yeah. in. Dog hit by car, yeah. all puppies die. That's that going to be the was, headline. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, the activists come in, PETA comes in, you know, like, oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I won't go there. Anyways. Um, but yeah, negative things attract things more. And that's why I've had to also be careful with too as well, because it's even easier as a creator for me to just start yeah. thinking. To almost only, exploit yourself yeah, only to get views. Think, yeah. Well, not just that, but like only think in that track hmm. because my mind is gravitating towards negative versus positive um, because that's just how our brains work psychologically. Um, it's easier to create patterns in our brain towards negative things versus positive things. And so it has to be a human practice like to be like, okay. But to your question about um, things reporters and everyone can do better when interviewing survivors, I think it's very important to ask beforehand, are there questions that you would not like me to ask? Why is that? Because they might still be in therapy. Mm -hmm. And there are things that they haven't even told their therapist yet. And why do you feel entitled to hear that before their therapist? Yeah. Um, and I don't think people realize that they're coming across as entitled because, they, you know, they're just there to do a job. Well, they, they may not even intend to be. No, yeah. definitely not. Um, but they don't realize that they're overstepping a boundary with this survivor. And so I think it's important to ask, number one, what are some things that I cannot talk about or ask you about in this show? Your safety matters first. And I think also, too, it's important to at least give some type of an outline before you go on the show. That way, you know, you're not going to be like talking about something way off topic. Um, for example, maybe the show you're talking about childhood trauma, but this person had a car accident three weeks ago. Maybe they're still very traumatized about that car accident. They're not ready to go into that. And so I think it's important to have that outline. Okay, we're going to talk about your childhood trauma. These are the types of questions I'm asking. Is it okay if we speak about your car accident? If no, we will not even go there. You know, just having that respect. And then as someone who's being interviewed, I think it's important to, you know, vocalize that as well. And even say during an episode, like, I'm so sorry, I don't feel comfortable going there mm -hmm. right now. It's okay to say that no one can make you speak about things that you And you can, can hang up the call. Yeah. Or you goodbye. can leave. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah, you sure can. Yeah. yeah. No, I've, I, I didn't ask you this today, but I've been asking a lot of people mm -hmm. lately, like, what does what does a win look like for you in this conversation? Mm -hmm. Like if you could get one thing across, what do you want to get across? Cause I think mm -hmm. that's one thing. And I know a lot of times I ask that people go, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And they start thinking about, and I think that's important too, is like mm -hmm. not just going through it for the sake of going yeah. through it. But like, yeah. what is, you know, like when I reached out to you, it's mm -hmm. like, I wanted to speak a lot about mm -hmm. advocacy work yeah. because it's something that's been from yeah. the question I just asked to yeah. how it affects you personally, because yeah. That's all things I want to know about. That's all things that I know people are reaching out, asking yeah. now, who are starting their own shows. Yeah. You mentioned Andrew Pledger. Like, yeah, you know, I love I, him. He's I, great. He, I think, I think yeah. it was the first show he ever went on. Oh, really? And like seeing oh. him evolve from then yeah. to now. He's grown so like, much. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really cool. So it's like, that's something on my mind, but it's like a lot of times I think it's just, 
well, your story should be interesting. Let's talk mm. versus what do they want to accomplish? Mm. And like you said, yeah. what do you absolutely want to talk about? What do you yeah. absolutely not want to talk about? And just staying in that, in yeah. that realm. Yeah. Um, and nine times out of 10, mm-hmm. I think at the time people come forward, mm-hmm. they're ready to talk about most everything. There's like one or two Here things there, that yeah. are like, mm-hmm. you know, most times it's like, just don't talk about mm-hmm. this. Everything else is fine. Like yeah. it's not going to be okay, I'm not going to answer anything. Like <laughs> too, and I feel like sometimes there are things that even the survivor may not, may not know, know is a thing, yeah. Because trauma involves a lot of this like blocking out and forgetting hmm. things when the stuff is actually yeah. there. Um, for example, when I first started talking about church abuse, I had forgotten a lot of the things that had happened with my mom. And then as I'm starting to heal, as I'm going to therapy, things are popping up here and there. You're starting to answer questions going, oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. But my mind, my body felt safer to express Mm. those things. And so it's like a gradual process, you know. So it may not be intentional on the survivor's end to leave things out. It's just that they may not be at a place they can actually physically remember. Or it's been blocked out in some way, especially if they have CPTSD. Yeah. 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 Um I, I was reading Sarah Stancorp's book, mm. Disobedient Women. I don't know mm. if you've read it yet, but mm. um she talks about interviewing, which I, I love her approach. Mm-hmm. And we um we were on a panel together and I oh, sent her a message after her and I was yeah. like, I feel like we're on the same page with how awesome. we think about stuff. Good. And one of the things that she says in the book is that survivors tend to give very mm-hmm. clear descriptive answers mm-hmm. out of sequence. So mm-hmm. it's like they can tell you it's true, yeah. you know the color of the wall mm-hmm. in the room where abuse happened yeah. crystal clear yeah they can't tell you every detail of the abuse that happened no. in that room no. or they can tell you a very specific feature of yeah. someone who was the abuser but they'll mm. forget a whole year of yeah. something and it's yeah. like it was such an interesting way of writing it where it's mm-hmm. like they there's clarity and descriptiveness while mm-hmm. also a lot of blind spots. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the value of sharing your story and yeah. talking is that those come to the surface. Yeah. But I think interviewers that are just starting can tend to forget the human and just yeah. stick on the topic. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm glad that we actually reconnected <laughs> and a year I think later. we should do it. So maybe like six months from now, Let's we'll do, do that. This. Yeah. Um, but for people who want to follow your story mm-hmm. and see your work kind of firsthand, what's the mm-hmm. best place to connect with you? I would say right now, Instagram, um, I am revamping a few different things. Um, so hopefully in the new year, you'll see more of me on TikTok. But for right now, Instagram is going to be the best place to do that. Awesome. Yeah. So if you like pride rallies, baptisms and everything uh, in between, everything. there's something <laughs> for you. No, I enjoy seeing all of that because I get yeah. it makes me there's things you post that push back mm-hmm. on me. There's things that you post where I'm like, that's awesome. There's things. Wait, that, push back on you? What do you, you mean? Well, I'm saying like, there's things you post that like make me rethink strong oh, stances. Oh, I where, thought like, you meant that I was like being no, no, no. rude. Okay. No, like, like when you posted your baptism photo, like oh, that okay. didn't make me go like, I'm mad. But oh, like, okay. it was one of those things though where I saw it. It was funny because my immediate reaction was like, good for her. Uh-oh. But it was like, it was a interesting way to see it. Yeah. And I think it's because I know you and the things you've been through where like I saw it and went like, I know this isn't an empty thing and I know there's a lot of things behind this and layers behind it. So like Mm -hmm. for me, I was just happy for the moment. Yeah. And then like 
it makes me think though in other situations where I am instantly going like, oh, I think cynically about stuff like that. But it so makes sense. It's yeah. it's good, you know. And same thing, like when I saw you doing the mm-hmm. the Pride March, I yeah. I instantly was like, Oh my god, why would you post that? You're gonna get really? destroyed. Oh, well, I was like I was concerned because I was like, I know yeah. everybody that's a Christian is yeah. gonna blow you up in the yeah. comments. So like I was just panicked. I was like, Oh my God, yeah. good luck with that. <laughs> um but when I saw yeah. it, I was like, that's really cool that you're taking a public stance. Yeah. So it's like, it's a very, you know, I like following people that share mm-hmm. all of that, yeah. where it's like, it makes you rethink your own perspectives okay. because someone you respect that posted something. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but I was, I, I saw you post that yeah. one. I was like, she's going to get heat for that. Can from I tell you somebody. a really funny story? Yes. Okay. So. What if I just said no? And You're just like, post? no, end of show. Goodbye. No, Have a nice day. Done. Um, We're at. Um, okay. So. When I got baptized in that video, the lady that's baptizing mm-hmm. me is somebody I would consider one of my circle of five. Yeah. Okay. She is a good friend of mine, but she's also my spiritual mentor. And she has called me out so many times, very gently. Um, but I've also given her permission to do that. And so she's been really, really um, someone that's shaped me these last several months. But I was laughing and I even told her this, um, that 10 years ago, I would have been offended if she was going to baptize me, mm-hmm. the reason being woman, she was yeah. a woman, and I told her that, and she she just laughed. But you know, there's there's so much that has happened. You know, I I chose to become a Christian in 2013, and like it's 10 years from mm-hmm. now. But there's so much that's changed. You know, I from number one, I would never had a woman baptize me ever. Um, I wouldn't have been wearing biker shorts to the baptism. Yeah. Um, I would never have gone and supported anti-suicide. It's a slippery slope. And, and, and you went, you're you know, down. just slide, woo, you know. I would not have gone to a, a pride parade to support, you know, anti-suicide, the National Suicide Prevention Center. Yeah. Um, because, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of our LGBTQ friends, they have really suffered from the experiences they received in the church. And then And it gets so downplayed by yeah, people where I'm like Imagine like, if you heard pray. the messaging yeah. about anything about you. Yeah. It's like Yeah. Anyway. And it's awful. And yeah. you know, as someone who is a believer, I feel like I have that responsibility because I used to be that person pointing those fingers. And I have personally caused harm to someone who may have even considered mm-hmm. going somewhere. I, I I hope to God they never, never, never get there. But um, I'm partially responsible for that. And yeah. I have to um, use my voice to make sure I am never part of that problem ever again. And that's why it's so important for me to speak up on these issues and you know, not everyone's going to agree with me. Some people are going to say things like, oh, you're you're leading people astray and, you know, all these things. And you know what? If you have that opinion, I still love you, but this is mine. And yeah. this is my truth. And personally, walking with Jesus, this is, this is where I have been led to love people. And like, I have to do what I have to do, you know? Yeah. Um, but I would have never thought like that 10 years ago. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that was a huge. It was a. It was a huge. Sorry, we're not closing the episode. But uh, <laughs> my bad. Was, uh, I talked too much. <laughs> it was one of the things that pushed me away from the mm. church yeah. early on. Was I would hear conversations with people. I'm sure you've heard this before, where it's like the conversation of what would you do if your kid was gay, yeah. and people would have conversations and all oh. these metaphorical, and it's like 
And I would, I started getting vocal in those conversations Mm -hmm. where it's like, you're talking about this person as if, if that happened, they're basically dead. It's like, we're not going to, oh, we're never going to see them get married. We're never going to see. And it's like, why are you not going to see any of these things? Mm -hmm. And it's like, for me, it was one of those things where I was like, if you have a belief system that teaches you that I cannot love somebody or they will not be my child if they come out as gay. It's like, I don't want that. No. And, um, yeah. and what's crazy is like, I can say it just like that. Yeah. And this clip mm-hmm. will get people that go, that's disgusting. How can yeah. you say that? And it's like, I don't know. That's, that's for me, that, that was one of the big issues. And then, you know, the, yeah. the conversations, you know, when I was literally in India doing missions work, seeing while Trump was running for office, not to oh. totally derail this conversation. <laughs> But like seeing the conversation and rhetoric mm-hmm. from people, I mean, I had Christians who were saying to us, like when we were flying to India, like, you guys are brave. I wouldn't want to get on a plane full of Muslims. What? And it's like, you know, it, it's one of those things though, where I'm just going, this is not rhetoric that wow. I want to be part of. This is yeah. not a world that I want to be in. Oh. And seeing the discourse around people, mm-hmm. refugees, and it was like between how I've seen gay people get treated, mm-hmm. refugees get treated. I was like, whatever this is, is not yeah. it. And, you know, wherever I end up, I don't know. And yeah. like, I'm dipping my toes mm-hmm. slowly into that yeah. pool again of trying to understand what spirituality mm-hmm. even is yeah. for me. But just, I, I just can't, if someone is getting ostracized for something that is harming nobody, yeah. I have a hard time with that. But yeah, definitely. Wow. Anyway, on that note, uh, <laughs> this, uh, but anyway, but, but that's again, that's why I enjoy following you because I feel like okay. you're thoughtful about the decisions you make. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't need you like I think we're very different in a mm-hmm. lot of things, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, but I think also I'm more interested in building friendships with people who process things the same way, not necessarily a, like come to the same conclusions through the mm-hmm. processes at the end of the day, yeah. like the people that think through stuff and are thoughtful like we can yeah. end up in totally different spots yeah that's okay. but we can also have a conversation about how we got there yeah. and i think that's a really cool spot to be it's but how we grow as people yeah yeah <laughs> well thanks for sharing your process Thank and you. uh hopefully hopefully we don't get canceled uh, mm-hmm. for <laughs> everything we just talked about um but um, i really appreciate it if you're listening to this be sure to go follow um on instagram youtube soon buy the book soon preemptively <laughs> Uh, we will do another interview before the book drops. So. My title of my book is, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we'll just bleep it <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, please leave a review on iTunes and don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at Preacher Boys Doc. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.